Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. <laughs> See, that's the difference between... Wait, turn up the volume. I'm trying. All right, well... <laughs> this is why I... All right, welcome to the show, show everybody. A Seth, Seth production of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio <laughs> Show. Happy July 4th, our nation's capital, our nation's capital, our nation's birthday. Uh, from Raymond, Maine, Sean Palmer, from Hoboken, New Jersey, Seth Kamins, the beauty of the internet. And unfortunately, I have very little voice for some reason. But here we are, NBA free agency, 101, 202, 303, So, tell, so you were telling me how you were no longer Pasty White. I've known you for ten years. I'm not. Nothing but Pasty White. So, please, please explain to me how this works. So, I am here in uh, Raymond, Maine, which is one of the more beautiful places I have ever been. And we have had, we always have one day of uh, nasty weather, and it happened to be the first day. We had those torrential downpours. If you had seen the news, there was actually a rain cloud, which I didn't know existed, on the lake that we are at. So it was very interesting to see the rain was definitely going sideways. And over the last two days, the one thing I love to do in, in Maine, well, there are two things. I love to sleep because I don't get to do it generally during the year for no reason, and I just don't sleep. And number two, I love going to the amusement park. It's called Fun Town Splash Town. So half amusement park, half water park. And yesterday we went there for nine hours. So anytime you go to an amusement park for nine hours and it's beautiful sunny weather without a cloud in the sky, you're going to get some color. So for the first time probably since Seth has met me or spray tan before I went to Cancun, I am no longer pasty white. And that spray tan was one good spray tan. $35 at some Korean place. Anyway, so the fact is I'm no longer pasty white. But I'll tell you one thing. We had a guy up here this year, first time uh, since we started coming up here, me and my friends, a guy that was interested in NBA free agency, and it was great. So here we are, NBA free agency, unbelievable stuff. I mean, and let's just start with Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant is the domino that leads to the Golden State Warriors continuing to sign the Lakers. So the Warriors had four free agents. Well, they really have six, but four main free agents. One being Durant, one being Iguodala, one being Sean Livingston, and David West. Now, they are above the salary cap. They're into the luxury tax. And yet they still got all four. And the reason they got all four, Kevin Durant. Durant has the opportunity to sign for $35 million a year based on his, um, his uh, what am I looking for? Not seniority, but amount of time. Superman. Yeah, he, could, he couldn't get the Superman. Well, not could, yet. That's next year. Yeah, not yet. We can so barely, I can barely if, hear you, Sean. You have wind coming in and out. Oh, okay. Okay, so he could so he could get his he could get his thirty one point six this year if he wanted. He could get his thirty five point six this year. He said no to that. Reports were that he was going to get his thirty one point six, and he said no to that. And he goes down to twenty five point six on a two year contract, one with an option out clause, 
And instead of Golden State potentially paying $50 million in luxury taxes, they're now probably going to pay $25 million in luxury taxes. So not only is Kevin Durant considered the MVP of the finals, but perhaps he's the MVP of the offseason so far. Yeah. What do you, I mean, of course it's a little bit difficult to swallow that you should be rewarding someone who's making $25 million a year, not including about $40 million in endorsement money each year. But what he did, he allowed them to resign Iguodala, who was being heavily recruited by five or six different teams, including Houston, and we'll get to Houston in a minute, and San Antonio and the Kings. Um, it allowed, now, also, Sean Livingston probably signed a bit of a below mar- market price deal, which is more interest, which is interesting to me because Dur- look, Durant has made enough money for his family to live for the next 10 generations. Iguodala has made well over a hundred million in revenue in revenue in, in salaries since joining the NBA. Sean Livingston has never had that big contract. And not that anyone is going to sneeze or cry at three years of $24 million. and But when you, in the salaries, admittedly, are not as ridiculous as last year when you had Mozgov, or two years ago, when you had Mozgov signing for $64 million and Luol Dang signing for $72. But, and there was an overabundance of point guards on the market this year, Hill, Teague, um, Derek Rose, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday, so on and so forth. But three years, $24 million for Livingston. He took a haircut to stay with this team, and this was allowed because Durant walked away from what was expected, as Sean stated, was supposed to be seven, uh, $31 million a year, and he took $25. Um, you know, th- these are things that certain people, you know, don't you know at a certain point how much money is enough and you know Durant fit it, ended up fitting in pretty seamlessly and this is what he needed to keep the band together for at least one more year and so it seemed to work out for everybody except for well, the, it'll except be for more than one three Iguodala was for three I think you're looking at a three-year window here two to three-year window because after two years I think Draymond Green comes up and after three years, Clay Thompson comes up, or the other way around. Yes. Yeah, it's or it's the, the other way around. around. So, so the fact is, you have a three-year window here, where two to three-year window for these guys. And after three years, Sean Livingston will be thirty. After three years, Sean Livingston will be thirty-five. Remember, Sean Livingston was also the oldest one of those point guards at thirty-two. Yes. And we we all remember Sean Livingston's injury history. Those knees are like mine. They're like 50-year-old knees, not 32-year-old knees by any stretch. So he did take a haircut, but I think it's a good deal for him um, to stay with that team, which monitored his minutes last year to 20. So they're not looking at him as a starting point guard. They're looking at him as a key reserve off the bench for 20 minutes, and that's where he can be effective. David West signs a one-year $2.3 million minimum contract. He wanted to stay in Golden State. It's obvious that these guys – oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the big free agent that they signed in Stephen Curry, so really five, who got the Supermax, and he took a haircut earlier in his career, so he made it up this time. So, and kudos to the Golden State Warrior front office, who did not skimp on these guys. They could have said, we don't want Iguodala back, and we don't want to pay the luxury tax. They're looking at luxury tax upon luxury tax upon luxury tax if they re-sign both Green Green and Clay Thompson. So it's a matter of the management stepping up as well. So let's move on to Houston, who who made the second biggest deal, right? So getting Chris Paul. Uh, I believe last week we talked about the fit between Chris Paul and James Harden. And you weren't so sure of that fit. And you weren't so sure that that would work out on the basketball court, let alone off the basketball court. Well, off the basketball court, I think if the reports are true and the trade is what it is, 
Chris Paul opts in for his $24 million for the one year, looking at his Supermax next year, if Houston's going to give it to him. And they trade a first-round pick, Patrick Beverly, um, Lou Williams, and basically Sam Decker and some spare parts. You're never going to get total they value traded, for a Super. No, they, they did the Ali, Mat- the Ali Matson trade or the Herschel Walker trade, however you want to. We'll see how it yep. plays out. Um, Houston traded seven players. Now, some of these are on non-guaranteed deals. And the interesting thing, and I had sent you a story about it, um, which which came to light after the deal, was that Paul wanted out because he felt that Doc Rivers had, you know, by, by bringing in his son, had really shown a favoritism towards his son over anything else. And well, we'll see what his son's now going to be running the point. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm still not convinced yeah, of the deal. I'm not uh, con- convinced of the of the fit. Um, I, this is still a team that does that need that needs some upfront help. Um, they did resign Nene after an interesting little, uh, I guess, quirk in the, in the contract where they. Yeah, where they ended up, they were offered him four years for 15, and they couldn't for some reason. Um, and it was redone in three years, $11 million. Uh, I don't know how it'll fit. I just don't. Um, I, I, it's just not, this is still a team, although with two great players, that I don't see at a Golden State level. I don't even know if I see it. I, I just don't see it. These are two people who need to have the ball in their hands at all times. These are two... I don't, you know, Harden's transition so seamlessly to being a point guard. Now he's back to being the two. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And of course, the rumors are they're going to be going after Carmelo. And I, I cannot imagine. Well, that Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni is going to be thrilled about this. I mean, Melo pretty much forced out D'Antoni several years ago in New York. It's an awkward fit to me. All of this is it's it's a it's a lot of big parts, but I am really not convinced that this is, that this can meld this quickly or meld this well, very well. Well, I I think there's two issues here. First of all, you said the D'Antoni issue is a big one. Second of all, I don't see how the salaries match up. I just don't see I don't how either. Houston without getting rid without getting rid of Orion Anderson, who nobody wants at three years and $19 million more per year, how they trade. So they, the Knicks don't want Ryan Anderson. When, when the Rockets were trying to get Chris Paul sound, signed outright, they needed to trade Ryan Anderson and reports were that they were offering two first round picks on as sweeteners and nobody was taking that contract. So if that's the case, the Knicks don't want, two first-rounders and Ryan Anderson for Carmelo Anthony. So you got to get a third team involved. I just don't see how you can send out $22 million. Now, there was a, a – one of our listeners did propose this yesterday. When you have a sign-and-trade for a restricted free agent, it's only half the money from the restricted free agent on in the trade. So somebody did propose a Carmelo to Washington trade for uh, Miyamani, Ian Miyamani, and Otto Porter, but then you're paying Otto Porter 25 to $30 million for the next five years as well. I'm not really sure it's worth that, but then again, I'm not really sure any of these guys are worth it. But <laughs> let's, talk about, let, let's talk about what Washington is doing or what Washington is not doing in that they've allowed Otto Porter to – well, reportedly – is looking into signing a restricted free agency contract for $120 million max contract with the, uh, with the Sacramento Kings. If you're the, the, the Wizards, I think you have to match it. And part of, this, part of this matching, part of these big salaries, comes down to one very simple thing. When you are the incumbent team, you can go over the cap to re-sign your own free agent. But to replace that free agent, if you lose them, you cannot. So let's look at Drew Holiday and the New Orleans Hornets, which I believe 
was the worst contract of all the contracts. Five years and upwards, well, could max out at $124 million. No, it could max out at $150 million. It starts at one twenty six and could max out at one fifty for so a better, Michael, for a relatively better than average, but not great point, point guard who's gone to one all star yeah. game and can't stay healthy. That to me, that's shot. the Mike Conley, that's the Michael Conley deal of this year, where it's I don't have. Well, it comes down to the same thing. I can go over the cap to sign my guy, but if they have lost Drew Holiday to somebody else, they can only spend up to $12 million to replace him. So there is no $12 million replacement for Drew Holiday unless maybe George Hill, maybe. But if Jeff Teague is getting $19 million, you can't replace Drew Holiday with twelve, and you have DeMarcus Cousins coming up on a free agency walk year that you have to impress Anthony Thomas, uh, Anthony Davis, because in three years, he's gone too if you can't get a winner. And if he says next year, I want out, they're going to have to look to trade Anthony Davis, who's one of the top five players in basketball. Yeah, it so was, That's why these, I, that's why I, these I, contracts I, are I ridiculous. Even, I don't even put Holiday in Con, at Conley's level. Um, Conley, for all intents and purposes, is the face of Memphis. Is you know, along with Marcus All, you know, he's been running this franchise for the last five years. And not that I agreed with the with the Conley contract, which made him the highest paid player in the NBA last year. Obviously, he's not worthy of that. But he's a very good player who's been who's been extraordinarily consistent. Drew Holiday has been nowhere near as consistent. Has never been the first option on this team is now the third option on this team. And to pay him $25 million a year is kind of unfathomable with the upside, as you said, of, of going up to $30 million a year. And really no end – a team that, you know, that, has some, that has some players but is, is, is pretty far – is at least a, a pretty, couple pretty good shooters away from being a contender. And the team that's probably built themselves better than anyone else right now is a team you mentioned the new point guard on, which may even be the weak point of this of the starting five, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, signing Taj Gibson, trading for Jimmy Butler, signing Jeff Teague. That team becomes extraordinarily interesting because they, now you have a you have a really solid rotation. They're going they're going to need some time to gel, obviously, and I'm not sure. On Teague is the fit. We talked about the Teague, the Jeff, the, the Ricky Rubio, Teague, you know, other versus other point guard coming into Minnesota last week. But that team has some. That team now has some firepower and a half. Yep, I'm a big fan. I mean, I think they're a top four team in that in that conference. I, I think San Antonio is going to take a step back, especially if Ginobili's not there. They're going to lose some players, especially some restricted free agents. I think if you're looking at the the West, you can have Houston. Houston's a boomer bust, right? We just spoke about it. They're either yeah. going to mesh or they're going to explode. It's one of the two. So you don't know what that. I think the the only real solid team that's above Minnesota right now, assuming Minnesota meshes, which I think that they will, is I think Jimmy Butler's your alpha guy, and they don't have an alpha guy. So I think if some guy comes in and says, okay, I'm going to do it, people will defer. So I think the only true number one team over them is Golden State. I mean, I think they can make a run for the number two seed in that in that conference. Will they get there? I don't know. But they certainly have a shot at doing it. So let's talk about some of the other deals. Toronto. So one deal I was surprised – both deals I was surprised at. One for good, one for bad. Getting Kyle Lowry at three years and $100 million I think is a win, a win-win. As we talked about it last week, Kyle Lowry is 31 years old, 31, 32 years old. Paying him the Supermax of, of five years and $200 million where you're paying 
Kyle Lowry at forty at thirty seven years old, forty million dollars was obscene. You couldn't especially for a guy that relies on quickness. But getting him for thirty million dollars and having that and look at the numbers we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. I mean this is ridiculous. But getting him at a ten million dollar discount for three years as opposed to five, I think is genius for for the um for the Knicks. Now sorry, not the Toronto. Knicks. Ooh, I wish I wish it make a wish for Toronto for the Toronto. But then you look at how they turn around and spend that extra cash on Serge Ibaka, $21 million per year for three years. Obviously they're looking at a three year window here because the Rosen's contract, I believe ends after three more years, a three year window here, but paying $21 million for Serge Ibaka seems a little bit much to me. But then it again, Millsap's getting guess, 30, so I don't really know anymore. Millsap, and although it seems like Ibaka's been around forever, he's only 26 years old. And I think the other thought process is this. You look at, as, you, as we said, we haven't talked about the Paul George trade yet, but Jimmy Butler's gone. There really, there is, you know, Cleveland very well may be a year away from losing LeBron. And then what? East is completely up for grabs. Obviously, Boston will be a favorite. But Boston still doesn't have the alpha dog yet. I'm not sure Gordon Hayward is the alpha dog that they need. And you know, if he ends up signing, and they're going to they're going to announce it today, as opposed to last year when we hosted the show an hour after Kevin Durant announced he was coming to Golden State, we pretty much bashed the deal for an hour. Shows what we know. Um, you know, Boston is still in the same problem that. They're very talented. They have a lot, a lot of good parts, and they have a lot of draft picks, and they're going to be around for a long time. But you don't look at that team and say, "Man, that is a team that is destined to win this world, to win the NBA championship." So with Cleveland leaving, assuming LeBron leaves, and I'm assuming this, uh, this is my thought after this year, because he's not recruiting people. No one's coming in. They may get Carmelo. They may not. They may get. Uh, but he hasn't been trying to do anything to get them, these people. So I'm f- thinking that he's probably not coming back. The Eastern Conference is bad to begin with. They're worse now. And if LeBron leaves, they may not have one guy in the top 15 in the league. So Toronto, while not a great team, may see this as, okay, you know what? We, have, we really have two years to make a final. Hold on. Well, hold on a second. Let me get... All right. No. So I, I get what you're saying about making two years to make a final. That, that, that's spot on. And the thing about Cleveland, too, is that they're actually going to be capped out, even if they lose LeBron, which I think is crazy. Because of all these contracts no, that they have signed the last couple of years, they're still going to be capped out with Tristan Thompson, Kyrie Irving, J.R. Smith, they're looking to dump Iman Shumpert on the Rockets, which is probably a good move for them, but it still reduces their depth. They don't have any first-round picks left because they're trading most of them. They just re-signed Kyle Korver to a three-year contract. They're going to have a lot of older parts. So to your point, I get it. They're looking for that, that piece to make the Eastern Conference Finals. One of my buddies here in Maine said – Toronto is not going for a championship. They're going to make the playoffs. That's what they're looking for is to make deep runs in the playoffs because Abaka doesn't get them to a championship team. It may get them to a deeper playoff run, but they're no closer to Golden State than anybody else's. No, I understood. Sorry, there was a little bit of an emergency. Um, it looks like, like my son just climbed out of the crib. Which... Awesome. <laughs> no, Go Jake. Really. Go Jake. Uh, Go Jake. Yeah, that's not... Sean, he pretty much fell out of the crib. Oh, no. Falling out and climbing out are two entirely different concepts. Yeah, he didn't climb. Caleb has... He can't, he can't walk. Yeah, but Caleb's... He can't walk. So... 
I apologize, everyone, but I got ca- called in. You know, it's eight thirty in the morning, so I'm hosting from my house, and he must have climbed out, meaning pulled himself over the bar and fallen. And Ooh. he's just sitting here laughing. Well, of course he is, so, because he just absolutely. fooled you guys. He got out. It's like a jailbreak. It's prison break. He just got out. Jake. Of course he's laughing. <laughs> no. He doesn't seem I mean, uh, he, he didn't saw through okay, so he I didn't saw through the bars. He, he, he no, jumped he, over. He, he, he didn't we, saw we, through. No, I understand. He did not saw through the bars. I, I agree. <laughs> but I did not expect to hear. He, he doesn't. He, he's not one yet. He doesn't walk. So to see that he climbed out of a curb that we have lowered three times is a little <laughs> is a little disconcerting. So. Um, Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, there will be okay. a mosquito well, tent over Jake's crib starting <laughs> tomorrow. That means we got to lower. We we have to lower the crib one more time. So the <laughs> so the plump is not as ploppy. So, yeah, I don't okay, know what we're Paul George. Okay. Anyway, talk about Paul high George. flying, high flying and getting rid of Paul George. So neither one of us predicted this one. I don't think anybody predicted this. No, there was a reason Paul we George didn't predict this one. Paul George this goes was, to Oklahoma was, City for what you, for what some believe is a crap return, and I'm not really sure it is. So let me get your your response to this, and then I will give you mine. So what do you think of the return? So the return is Victor Oladipo, and Sabonis is younger son. Yeah, um, considering what had been offered. Reportedly offered. Yes, reportedly offered from a variety of teams, obviously the Celtics being one of them. This is a ridiculously low return. Now, they may like Oladipo in the same way that Sacramento likes Buddy Heald. And they may think Sabonis is is a potential superstar. But, and I, I get that they just didn't, they do not want to trade him to the Eastern. They do not want to trade him within the Eastern Conference, which, in theory, I understand. Except, not so much because he's already stated for all intents and purposes he wants to go to LA. Obviously, that can change, and I don't get the deal. I get you not wanting to trade him in February. You want to see if there's a way you can change. I understand that. I'm not sure I agree, but I understand it. I cannot imagine that I cannot imagine that this was the he must they must have lost all their leverage all of it if this was the best deal that Kevin you know Kevin Pritchard has been a GM or an NBA executive for a long time I am shocked that this is the best that could be done I, All right. I get so, Oladipo. I'm sorry. Please. No, I was going to give you a comparison deal here, and you tell me whether you whether you would believe it. First of all, you're trading your franchise guy, right? Paul George is your franchise guy. Mm-hmm. If the if the Knicks traded their franchise guy, Brzingis, or John Wall, or I'm not going into Kevin Durant because let's say Stephen Curry. Let's say uh, Damian Lillard. All these guys are franchise guys. They may not be top five guys. Anthony Davis. They're not franchise guys, but they're not. They are franchise guys, but they're not top five guys. Are you willing to wait as a fan base for a guy till 2019? So are you willing to wait for any return, any good return on a trade for three years? Because – that's the Celtics pick. That's the pick they were willing to give up. They're willing to give up the, the Lakers pick, which potentially could be next year, but is heavily guarded next year. And if it's not next year in 2018, you're looking at 2019. So you're looking at a top pick, potentially, looks, 
The Lakers or Sacramento could be very good in 2019. You have absolutely no idea. You're taking a shot. And then, or they can lose the lottery and be the 10 pick. So you're trading your franchise guy for potentially a 5 to 10 pick, not a top five pick. It's not protected that way. It's protected the other way. A five to ten pick three years from now. That's that's the main part of any Celtics deal. They weren't giving up the Nets pick. Not now. The best I think you were hoping for was that protected pick next year or the year after. So that's the pick coming from them. The Lakers were never in this from reports. They were never giving up anything. So, as they presume he's going to be there next year, what other reported offers are you looking at them? If that's what you got there have been, today, there have been I'm not saying GMs and from executives that there were at least three or four better offers made. I don't know what they are. Um, but those are yeah. better offers based on based on what people believe. And if you're looking at first round picks two to three years from now for Indiana. That's not a better offer. They still have to sell basketball to their fans. They can't sell two to three years down the road. With They're not the Knicks. They're not a team that's all of a sudden always going to have people in the building. If you're Kevin Pritchard, yeah, well, you have to look at the business side of this as well. Well, it's Indiana. First of all, they are always going to have people. Indiana is, is the mecca of basketball for the Midwest. So they are always going to draw. Second of all, I understand your point, and this gives you two starters. In, but you have Oladipo. You talk about a, an, you know, an overpriced contract. At four, three more years at twenty-one million a year. And some bonus. Yeah, he's got a Serge. I think they. He's got a Serge Ibaka contract. He's got Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Same deal. So, it's, yeah. And Sabonis, who has some potential, but his you know shot I think twenty nine percent from three point land the last six the last four months of the year. You're not you're not. I understand your return was going to be relatively meager, but this is this is I mean practically nothing. So to me, you know, I look at this say, geez, if this is really the best. There's just not much to this at all, and I, I would I would almost rather him played out the year, to be perfectly honest, than get this return. Because to well, get Oladipo at 21 million a year is not a, is not an addition. Well, me. let me ask you this, Seth: Who was the last free agent, the last prime free agent to sign in Indiana? None. I, I'm not under the impression George was going to resign. No, um, I'm not either. I would what have... I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you have that money available, so so George doesn't resign. Oh, so I okay. Basically, I all you okay. All you're getting you were, is they weren't going to be able to sign anyone anyway. Right. They weren't going to be able to at resign anybody. Point, sign anyone anyway. They have two starters, Oladipo. Yes, has not become the Oladipo that we thought, the number two pick in the draft. But Oladipo's only 24 years old. So it's not as if he's so old that he may not blossom and come out of that. He's now going to be the alpha dog. There is nobody else on that Indiana team. They just signed Darren Collison to a two-year deal to play the point guard. It's him and Sabonis. It's their team. And Miles Turner. Sorry, forgot about Miles Turner. But yeah, Turner's the best player. I think you're going to. yeah, I think you're going to. I think you're going to get a better Oladipo. I think you're going to get a twenty-point a game Oladipo. And if you get him with good defense, and he rededicates, I don't think this is such a. Ba- I don't think this will turn out to be such a bad deal. Remember, this is Paul George on a one-year deal. Because you're not teams were not teams were not trading him with any assurance that they were going to get him for more than one year. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad a return as you, as you're stating. I certainly think it's a better return than getting two first round picks in the twenties. I don't think that that helps, 
at all. So I don't know. I, I think it's a better return than most people are saying. So I, I guess we'll see how it's, that plays interesting out. View, interesting view on it. Yeah, that's the most optimistic. Yeah. That's the most optimistic view. That was this your initial thought process when you saw the trade? So my initial thought process on the trade when I saw it was I was like, "Holy smokes, he went to 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 Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City." I was like, "How?" I was like, "How the heck did they pull that off?" That was number one. When he came back, I saw Oladipo and Sabonis and said, "Why did they not get a pick with it?" Because I thought that Indiana wanted picks. Like that was the reports that they wanted picks. So I thought that they would get at least one pick. Then I thought about it and thought about what the reports were that Boston was offering, and I understood it. But then I said, you know what, that's what they offered at the trade deadline. That's not what they offered today. Then the reports came out that the, what they offered today had nothing to do with either of the, the I call them the bonus picks, the jersey pick or the, or the Lakers pick. At that point, I was like, I'm not, get, I'm not giving my franchise guy for two guys that may, not, that may be in the 20s in two years. That, and likely in the 20s in two years. It's just not going to be there. So it, it, it took me a while to get there. It wasn't an initial reaction. Obviously, thought process went through. I know I don't think very much. This one was one of those times. But it eventually got me there. And remember, the other thing is, Indiana likes Oladipo more than we do, for one reason. Because he went to Indiana. he's an Indiana guy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe he plays better there. And, and you know what? As you said, the East is so wide open, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the playoff hunt. I wouldn't be surprised if anybody was in the playoff hunt. If you're, no. if you're, the, uh, if you're in the Eastern Conference. But I will tell you one team I am incredibly – I'm incredibly proud of what they're doing. And it's the first time I can say this. And maybe it's because Phil Jackson is no longer there. I love the fact that the Knicks are sitting this out. I love it. Absolutely love it. I don't want to see them sign a free agent, not one. I, I want them to go no, back with the exact same team that they had last year. Well, I agree that they shouldn't be signing big money on anybody because there's a team, obviously, that's going nowhere. Although I don't mind the one-year-and-out contracts like what J.J. Reddick's doing in Philly because it doesn't hurt them long-term. But Justin Hamilton, I thought, for two years for $9 million, I thought I was no, surprised if Justin Holiday. make a small Justin run. Holiday. Justin Holiday. You mean Justin uh, Holiday? Yeah. Didn't, I thought he did a nice job, and for $4 million a year, I thought it was certainly very reasonable. Um, I agree with re-signing Baker. I'm, you know, just like everyone else, we're curious to see how the Anthony saga plays out. The problem is to buy him out for $45 million, which is supposedly what he wants, you might as well just – it doesn't do anybody any good. Um, yep. Well, so, you know, I, I, don't, I'm, I, I wouldn't is- be particularly apt to help somebody who's who, – that's what they're asking for. Um, this is what this is what I see happening in the NBA. These teams that are sitting out, right? So the cap went up thirty million dollars last year, and this is this may bore some people because it's all about math. And I'm not the greatest at math either, but this makes a lot of sense to me. So last year the cap went up thirty million dollars. This year the cap went up nine million dollars, but yet only nine million, so one third of the same amount that it did last year, but still these big deals are getting signed and they're getting signed by huge amounts. So what happens next year when the cap only goes up another eight or $9 million, these contracts are going to take their toll on the team salary caps. Huge. Auto Porter is not worth $30 million. And in three years, when, let's say, Willie Cauley-Stein, who I'm not saying is a great player, but let's say Willie Cauley-Stein is a free agent, yeah, the Kings can go over the cap to go get him, but they'd have to go so far into the luxury tax to go get him that they probably won't. So now he's going elsewhere. And where he goes is based on teams that have cap room. So if the Knicks are doing nothing now, 
and letting other teams eat and eat and eat up their cap room for the foreseeable future. There will be younger guys coming off contracts that do not have places to go, and there will be limited spots where they can go. And unless they're Chris Paul-type players who can literally force where they go, there aren't that many of those players either. You're going to see these teams that are sitting out free agency today being able to swoop in and get these guys at lower costs than the Paul Millsaps and Serge Ibaka's and Kyle Lowry's of the world who are making oogles and oogles of money. That's where I see the NBA going long term. This will be a, there will be a bust at the end of this bubble, and it's coming soon. Well, again, what's interesting is all the three, all three players that you, that you just discussed are on three-year deals. So it's not as bad. It's not as bad as some of these other ones as the five-year contract, the four-year contract. Three years is a little bit easier to swallow. And as a Nets fan, I don't mind them making a run at a guy like Porter, who, as you said, you know, he's also 25 years old. He's not a seasoned vet, 24. So if they make a run and they get him, now, yeah, is it a lot? Is it worth twenty five million? No, but I understand that I understand the thought process, and I agree that Nick should be sitting this out because there's nobody because they're not one player or two players away from being relevant. Um, they do need a they need a point guard. Um, they're not going to re-sign Rose. It looks like he's going to Milwaukee. And I, I, I look, I don't know who they're going to sign. I don't know who's left out there. You know better than I do because they're not going to sign George Hill. And every other point guard is gone, and, and the rookie is not ready to play. He's just not at age 18. He's not ready to be a starting point guard in the NBA. Um, well, and, you know, I'm, I'm also not sure that the Knicks are doing this out of, well, this is our, this is our thought process, or the Knicks are, okay, Phil Jackson at long last is gone. We have absolutely no direction right now. And we don't know what we don't know who's running what and which end is up. But sure. So I I, I, yeah. So I mean, it may end up being advantageous. The problem also is Knicks fans are not known as the most patient people in the world, although they've had to be over the last decade. Um, so, but it does it it does in that way make a bit of sense because the team's going nowhere, and Anthony is not going to bring you know. It, Anthony has kind of paralyzed this team, and you have just hope. I mean, you just have to hope that Porzingis isn't too poisoned by it, and we'll see how yeah, that think, plays I out. I think he'll be all right. I think he stays. I, I, do I really do. I, you think Anthony, you think Anthony stays? No, I think both. Of you them think Anthony stays stay. or Porzingis? Think, yeah, Porzingis isn't going there. I think both. I think they both stay. I think that. I think Porzingis likes. Anthony, I mean, he's never said a bad thing about him. So it's a matter of whether I think if you get to the if you get to the regular season with both of them on the team, I think you'll see him through the end of this year. I don't think Anthony's going anywhere mid-year. And look, if everybody's healthy on the Knicks, and granted, that's a big if because you have Noah, you have Anthony, you have Porzingis, you have Courtney Lee. It's not as if this team is. They may be a lottery team, but they may very well be a playoff team, too, in the East. I'm not saying they are, but like I said, anybody in the East is playoff, has a chance at the playoffs. So, with one good deal, they could be in the playoffs. I don't know who that, I don't know who that um, player is, that point guard. I'm still looking at it myself. I can't figure out who they're going to sign. But, you know what, there are trades still being made, Dallin Allard. Denaro Gallinari is going to be traded Gallinari. today, likely, yeah, likely to be traded to the Kings. Um, no, no, sorry, to the, to the Clippers, Clippers. In, to the Clippers, in another one of these stupid, stupid deals that the Clippers are making, in which they are going to not only run the table back, but they're going to be hard capped again. They're the only team that I know that's been hard capped over the last three seasons, which means they can't make any trades during the year, which boggles my mind how you can get to that point, but they are. And your buddy Diamond Stone looks to be in this deal. Uh, he looks to be going yeah, to... To Atlanta. Atlanta, and, and, of all the teams Atlanta, 
Atlanta may be the worst team in the NBA next year. They have abs- they have absolutely nobody. And you know Howard's gone. Uh, well, no, which is not really a loss. Um, what's his name? They, uh, Dennis Cap, Schroeder and the rest of the crowd. Yeah, you have Schroeder, Bazemore. At least Diamondstone will get some playing time out there. Um, you know, and that's a team actually we should also talk about. Denver, I think, is going to try and sign Hill. Uh, try and sign George Hill. You know, having signed Millsap, and I, I mean, we don't really know the extent of how good Millsap is, or I don't. Um, he's played in nondescript places in Utah and Atlanta, and he's been a solid. He was very solid in Utah, and he was an all-star. But this is a, this is now a team in Denver with with Jokic and and him and Gary Harris. This is, this is a team that's got some potential. This team has some real upside now for a couple of years. So I'm curious to see how he's going to meld and how he's going to be on a number one. Now, look, they, he was a pseudo number one on a team that was a one seed at one point a couple of years back. Good defensive player, solid score. Um, you know, and again, three-year contract, which you see, yes, the, the prices are exorbitant. But it, as you said in regards to Lowry, it's a lot easier to swallow three years at a hundred million or ninety million or whatever it is, then five years at one hundred and fifty million. Uh, yeah, I mean the, de- Gord- the Denver Gord- Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets may have the deepest team in the NBA. I mean, yeah, they have Jokic at the center, they have Millsap at the three, they have Farid at the four, Mude and Murray at the. Mude, Murray, Murray, and Chandler, Harris. Will Barton, Herman Gomez, still have Jameer Nelson. I mean, they are they are as deep. You're saying they're desperately trying to trade for Reed? They've been trying to trade for Reed for like three years. I don't think he's going yeah. anywhere either. But, it's kind of amazing to think he was an Olympian at one point. Um, it's, yeah. I do wonder, and again, I don't know the sour, I don't know if they were able to turn the trade for love, which was which has been – Discussed. Um, I don't know if it's still in play after the Millsap. Because I, I don't know the salary ramifications. That team becomes extraordinarily interesting in the West. So well, you know, run that, they have, by, they run, have, run that run that trade by me because I thought that trade was dead with the end of Paul George. But maybe maybe I'm missing something. So it's it, Harris and Farid no, I, 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 for for Love. Well, I don't know how the salaries the salaries would play out, um, and they could throw in, they could, but they could, they have enough players which could make which they could throw which they could throw in. I, the problem is, is Cleveland really wants Reed. I, I mean, you know, Gary Harris would be helpful, but I don't see them wanting to read. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's dead, but I think it's certainly on life support. Wait, um, so who were the players? Who were the players? I don't know. The, the, the deal I, I, that I, I heard know. involved Paul George. So yeah. I, I didn't no, there see was, there Cleveland was an- getting any of those players. No, there was another There was another rumor. I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I'd have to look it All up. Right. But also, we should talk quickly. Where does Gordon Hayward end up? Well, I was just going to say that. I think he winds up back with the Jazz. I think he wants to back with the I, I, and I think it's the I think it's the best fit. He likes Rubio. The team is still pretty solid with with him. Um, I don't see Miami as a fit. I just don't. And I in Boston, like he's a very nice player, but he's not the guy that's going to get them to to the where they want. I don't think. So to me. He's had a good run in Utah. I don't see why he would leave. It's it's a leaving for the sake of leaving, plus an extra forty million bucks. If he stays, to me that to me that makes the most that makes more sense for him to stay in Utah. Yeah, we'll I, find out later today. Yeah, it's another July Fourth uh, fireworks show here at at the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. But the fact is, he's not a number one. At least to me, he's not number one. And as we said before, there are very few number ones in the NBA. 
I don't view Paul George as a as a prototypical number one. If he goes to the Lakers next year, he's not a number one. He's the best number two that there is, but he is not a number one. And they're, they're and that's what makes the Houston situation so interesting, is that they now have two number ones. And if we look around the league in the last ten to twelve years, two number ones generally does not work. It may work very short termish, but it doesn't work long termish. I mean, Shaq and Kobe, Kevin Durant and Westbrook. I mean, you can go on and on and on about teams that lucked into two number ones. And it looks like Durant and Curry may make this work because of the deferential treatment that the two of them have for each other and the respect that they have for each other. We'll see if that's the same way in Houston. So Gordon Hayward going back to the Jazz makes them a very good team. The only reason to go to Boston, and there is a reason, is you're in the East versus being in the West. And all these players that were great players have moved from the East or good players. Man, the exodus in the East to the West is ridiculous in this free agency. I mean, Millsap, Paul George, both going to the West. You don't really have anybody going West to East, do you? <laughs> Even Otto Diamond Porter Stone. going to the West. I, yeah, Diamond, yeah, Diamond Stone, Jamal Crawford. Those guys are going to the to the east. But okay, so what do you think? Give me your top three free agency deals. What do you think are the best deals, not for the player, but for the team? And take the money and the player into account. I gotta think about that for a second. I okay. Like so let so let me go first. I mean, okay. Well, Reddick is definitely the best one. I think Reddick, for yeah. both the team and the player, I think works out perfectly. $23 million one year. I, I've said this before on this show. I've said this before in, to anybody that I could talk to. There is no bad one-year contract in any sport. You can pay no. a guy $50 million for one year. That's fine. So Reddick, best deal all around. Kyle Lowry, best, great deal for everybody involved. Three years. $30 million, great deal for everybody involved. And I'll say, for the player and for the team, I think the Paul George deal was tremendous for Oklahoma City. I think even for Paul George, it will be tremendous. I think Paul George is going to be phenomenal in Oklahoma City. I think those three guys, and I count Steve Adams among those three guys, those three guys will make Oklahoma City a top-four team in the, in the West, that's my prediction. Top four, and it, that's a heavy, that's a heavily contested NBA Western Western Conference. But I think they're a top four with Paul George. Well, I agree. George going to Oklahoma really resets that franchise, really rejuvenates that franchise. And credit to Westbrook for being able to hold it over while they were able to get the second star in. I agree on that. The Reddick we talked about. And I think the one we mentioned earlier, Kevin Durant, re-signing for $7 million less than he needed to on a two-year deal. I mean, what more yep. can you really ask for from a superstar? So, those here's, would be my the inter- here's the interesting thing. If Paul George's one year gets Russell Westbrook to sign the Supermax in Oklahoma City and keeps him in Oklahoma City for five years, even if George leaves, I think it was worth it to make that deal. For one year. Oh, absolutely. Even if George leaves. Because at a minimum, it opens up a lot of cap room. Yeah. Number, and it, right. Yeah. If you, if you can keep oh, – number one, it gives you cap room. And number two, if you can get if you can get Westbrook to sign the Supermax. And look, Westbrook, although the rumors have been, obviously, that he's an L.A. guy, he'd like to go back there at some point. But he seems very happy, pretty happy in Oklahoma as a whole. Um, so yep. I don't know, unlike Durant, that he's running to get out. So, you know, we'll see how that plays out. So we have six minutes left. So, the All-Star game is on Sunday. Oh, goody. I, I, the baseball I don't All-Star care. game, which, which, which doesn't count. Not only doesn't it count, but I don't care. And I find that very 
disconcerting as a baseball fan because when I was in summer camp, this was the thing I was looking forward to watching. We would all get together around the TV in the, in the conference room, conference hall, uh, and watch this game. And we loved it. There were probably three to 400 kids in this, in this little, little conference hall watching this game. And now I'd be surprised if there were probably 40 kids in the conference hall. I think baseball, there was an article, I believe it was on SI.com, Richard Deitch, where he was saying, it, would it be, wouldn't it be interesting if ESPN just gave up on baseball? If they said, you know what, we're, it's $2.7 billion. Ironically, the football contract and the baseball contract both come up at the exact same time in the renegotiations. And they just said, look, we just don't want it. We're done. And we're just going to concentrate on, on football. We, we don't have enough money for it. And truth be told, that it may be going that way. I got, I got four yeah. minutes left, but I did want to poke, I wanted to poke you on something quick. And next week we'll talk a lot hey, more oh. about Jamie Horowitz and uh, Fox That's Sports. what I was going to talk about. That's that not, gonna, yeah, no, I'm not going, my, uh, I'm not, we'll I'm not going there, though. I'm not, next week. Pacquiao Horn, what happened? I didn't watch the fight. I don't care about the fight. But at the same time, all I saw were hands up in the air. Holy cow, this is boxing again. It, I, 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 again, don't care, but do care because you care. So what the heck happened? Here? I know. Fun I'm fun. a humble guy, sweet um, guy. Yeah. More, more enjoyable fight than anyone would have anticipated. Horn put up a heck of a performance. And, but Horn, Jeff Horn did not win that. Um, he landed, eight, according to CompuBox, he landed 82 punches. He threw a gazillion, but he, threw, he landed 82 punches, which is, I believe, just the second least amount anyone has ever landed to win, to win a fight. The fight should have been stopped. It was almost stopped after the ninth round when Pacquiao pretty much pounded him aimlessly from corner to corner. Um, Pacquiao won the fight, probably around eight rounds to four. Something along those lines. Um, you know, I probably I may have even had it nine three. I didn't score the fight. It was enjoyable. ESPN got a very nice rating out of it. But at the end of the day, this is where, you know, the problem also is you have the blustering of Stephen A. Smith, who doesn't belong doing boxing. Even though he's a boxing fan, he's not a box he's not a boxing aficionado. He shouldn't have been discussing it. And but ESPN did well on it. They have they announced two major fights actually on ESPN. HBO seems to be dropping out of the boxing realm, which is interesting. Um, other than for strictly pay-per-views, it was a bad decision, and but an enjoyable fight to watch. And the ratings were pretty, considering the fight started around midnight, ESPN has to be very pleased. Are you going to lose more fans based on this fight, based on the, the finale? Is it No. Did, did you have no. fans coming... You, coming to the game, did you have fans coming to the show and then walking out shaking their head and going, it's not worth watching anymore? No, because it was enjoyable. You lost more okay. fans watching the, the, watching the, the snooze fest that was Mayweather Pacquiao than you did, okay. for, the, you did then, then for a fight which was badly judged, but was exciting and fun to watch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, a happy, happy July 4th to everybody. Like I said, a beautiful day in Maine. I assume it's a beautiful day most over the world, most over the United States anyway, given the fact that the radar is pretty clear. So uh, to my co-hosts and to everybody else from, from Raymond, Maine, looking over the beautiful, uh, beautiful lake, Sebago, a very happy July 4th, and we'll see you next week. See everyone next week. All right. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.